Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. And our community is chocked full of wonderful natural resources, one of which is the Salish Sea and Puget Sound. It's worth enjoying and thereby worthy of protecting. Our guest today is the Natural Resource Programs Manager of the WSU Snohomish County Extension Beach Watchers. Chris Bertolato joins us today by phone. Chris, welcome. Thanks for coming this morning. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm glad to have you. This is something uh, that not everyone listening will know the term, uh, a few of the things we're going to talk about, so I want to make sure we get them set for the folks. Uh, the first one I said in the introduction there is the Salish Sea, uh, but if we think of Puget Sound, why don't you, I don't know, expand on that both physically and what it means by uh, definition, right? Sure. So I think most of us refer to the the waters outside of, you know, that are marine waters uh, as Puget Sound, whether they're north or down by Olympia or in the San Juans. But actually, in a few years ago, the whole water body was changed. The name was changed to the Salish Sea. So it includes all of the Canadian waters of the Strait of Georgia, the Strait of Juan de Fuca, out by Port Angeles, Tania Bay, around the San Juans, and then all the way into Puget Sound and down into the different meandering um, waterways of the South Sound near Olympia. So it's one shared inland sea um, where the you know the, there's an international boundary that goes through there, but the water doesn't realize there's a boundary, wildlife doesn't realize there's a boundary, and so it's really being treated more holistically than it has before. Well, that's a good point that the, the fish and the wildlife they don't they don't notice where lines are drawn on a map. Yeah, so I guess if we picture a map of Washington, but include the San Juan Islands and Vancouver Island, right? The water on the inside passage there, and then the Strait of Juan de Fuca, the Strait of Georgia, all the way down, all the way down to Olympia. That's cool. The Salish Sea. Um, and you guys, you're into protecting this and, and preserving it and teaching more about it through Washington State University. So this is another thing I bet a lot of people don't stop and realize that over here in western Washington, WSU has an extension program. You want to discuss what that is about here before we take off a little more? Yes, it's actually a really well-kept secret, even for people who are WSU alumni. Um, every public college in the nation, when it was established, got some kind of designation. And so Washington State University was designated as the land-grant college. And there's a land-grant college in every state in the nation. And the job of the land-grant through extension is to take those academic resources from the campus community and to bring it out into all of our local communities and have that information be uh, practical and applied and supportive to the needs that we have. And so in almost every county, in every county there is an extension office uh, throughout the nation. And it's a pretty interesting um, way of sharing information out, and it's a really great resource. And there are programs in there that are well-known, like 4-H and Master Gardeners and some that are lesser well-known. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So folks uh, in uh, listening here, yeah, can take an extension program through WSU. And like you say, yeah, 4-H youth development, um, home and garden, as well as then there's natural resources, which is kind of where your your program lies, right? The beach watchers. Uh, what are the other, we'll get to the beach watchers much more specifically here today, but uh, what are some of the other natural resources programs? One of the um, long-standing programs that we've had and this is regional is a forest landowner assistance program. So we have a regional forester who does does coached planning classes and 
provides a lot of information to folks that have forest lands that could be as small as a half an acre to hundreds of acres so that they can manage their property um, for whatever values they have, which isn't always profit. It can be wildlife or privacy. Um, And so it's um, a program that has been around for a long time and is very kind of research-based. Another program that we have that is it's only in Snohomish County, is called Sustainable Community Stewards. And this is a program where um, people get come in, they get about 35 to 40 hours of training on weeknights, and they learn everything there is about climate change and recycling and those practices about um, the practices that relate to how we can reduce our carbon footprint. And then they, after that training, they commit to vol- volunteering as educators. So, for example, um, on February 23rd, we have a repair cafe, which volunteers are organizing, and people can come in and bring their broken stuff for free and get it repaired by these specialists or fixers that are, you know, really into just keeping things out of the landfill. Oh, so I can get an old toaster fixed that I thought I'd just otherwise heave into the landfill. Somebody might say, you know, that can be fixed by doing this and this. They will actually fix it for you if they can, if you bring the parts. They don't just tell you. Um, So this is our second year of doing it, and repair cafes are a nationwide international trend, and they're happening in many communities, not just by our office. I like that, Um, a repair cafe. Repair cafe, if you look it up, you'll find them. Ours are offered in Everett, um, but they're throughout King County. There's, um, I know in some communities they... They're, they seem to be popping up all over, and they're typically free. And um, you walk away, hopefully, with something that's repaired. And there's all, you have to sign a waiver when you come in because these we can't be held accountable if we break it even more because that's actually an option when you're trying to fix something. I suppose so. That happens to me, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's an excellent idea. And how about, you know, I'm going to ask that sometimes um, – Language and culture is a barrier for some kind of this kind of learning. Uh, is there a uh, and there's so many Latinos in our na- in our area now. Is, is there a Latino engagement uh, part of this? Yes, this is our newest program, and we're so excited by it. Um, so our, the face of our community is changing, and the traditional person that would take advantage of what WSU Extension offers is you know traditionally like middle class, maybe uh, from an Anglo background. So we developed a program called Promotoras del Medio Ambiente, so ambassadors for the environment who are Spanish-speaking individuals who get trained in Spanish about different environmental topics, about water pollution or recycling, and then they commit to going out and educating their families, their their friends, their networks of people. And so this is newer, and we actually are offering some free workshops uh, for people in Monroe and Everett to learn all about keeping water clean, and, and when they're done, if they're all in Spanish, they get to walk away with a rain barrel that they have made um, there, so they learn how to make their own and a native plant that they can put into their yard that will help with some of the water quality problems we have. So those are, and those are just some examples of the things that we're doing. Boy, I liked in how you said uh, then they will teach others the same thing, and that's how a real outreach really work, gets to the word outreach and really does what it says it does. That's kind of cool. Let's get to the other program that we are, I really found interesting and that I wanted to talk to you about this morning, Chris, is the Beach Watcher program, right? That's sort of the same thing, right? Educating folks into the protection of what we talked about, the Salish Sea waters, particularly, you know, what we know as Puget Sound. 
through what we just talked about, education, and then but there's also some research involved, and then really getting your hands, I guess, suppose wet maybe with a stewardship project, right? Tell us about the Absolutely. beach watchers in a big picture, and then let's narrow it down to some of those cool individual parts of it. So Beach Watchers um, has been around for over 25 years. It started out in Island County, WSU Extension, and we began running a program in Snohomish County in 2006. So these are community members who are not necessarily teachers or biologists. They're interested folks who get uh, who have gotten 80 to 100 hours of training, and then they commit to volunteering uh 80 to 100 hours in some way to protect the Salish Sea. It can be through education or research or beach cleanups or stewardship opportunities. And what I like about the program, and I think a lot of the beach watchers like, is that once you go through the training, which is fairly rigid, um, you are able to choose how you want to volunteer and where you volunteer and when you volunteer. And so we have a wide variety of projects and also kind of opening the doors to other organizations that people might not be aware of. So where beach watchers contribute a lot of their time and dedication to Salish Sea Protection, and it benefits many of us, and I'm happy to talk about the different ways. That's pretty cool. I like the flexibility of that is offered through that, you know, once they're educated, into their volunteer action. Let's, let's talk about some of those, uh, I don't know, some of those Beachwatcher, I don't know, stewardship, what do you call them, stewardship projects that they can actually do, right? Yeah, and actually let me start out, if it's okay, I just want to start out with a little bit of context. Like, why do we even have to do this? Well, now that's an excellent you, way. You, you're the leader here. You tell me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I jumped well, the gun I there. Mean, when I look out, you know, at my home community is near... Um, um, you know, Carkeek Park and looking out from the North Seattle area. And when I look out at Puget Sound over to the Olympic Mountains, it looks utterly beautiful. There are these forests on the hillside. The waters, you know, looks blue. And, you know, everything is just glorious. But unfortunately, there are problems that we don't, that we, we can't really see as easily. And I think anyone that's lived here more than a few years will probably have their own stories about how the landscape has changed. But the problems that we're dealing with today have really accumulated over many generations. It's not just what we're doing now. For example, many of the streams and lakes and kind of the tri-county area, Pierce, Kings, Snohomish County, are considered impaired with poor water quality in different ways. And we're actually, uh, we as residents are not recommended to eat shellfish off of our beaches from Tacoma to Everett because of concern about pollution that the shellfish can absorb into their flesh. Um, you know, we are always we're hearing about species in decline, so we've heard a lot about southern, southern resident orcas and the challenges that they have. We have wild Chinook salmon and bull trout that are listed as um, endangered or threatened, and many of our seabirds are also struggling. So there are all these, you know, kind of problems that are a little harder to see, especially when you just step into the picture 20 years ago compared to what it may have been like 100 or 150 years ago exciting things are happening. There's a lot of progress being made. There's, um, I think, a renewed interest in Salish Sea or Puget Sound recovery, and we're seeing a lot of um, degraded lands being restored to the functions that are important for wildlife or water or flood control. Um, We're seeing some uh, regulations that are changing the types of contaminants that can get into our water, but there's there's always a role for what we as individuals can do. 
So there are four and a half million Washingtonians that live around our portion of the Salish Sea. So in the Washington, Washington area, the 12 counties that surround the region. Wow, no kidding. And say that again, over four million, did you say? Four and a half million. Wow, that's uh, a lot of us, <laughs> right that's close a lot to of us. Puget Sound. And, you know, when, when you think about it, often we, we think about where pollution comes from and the, Im- the image of industry or, you know, municipal treatment plants are the first ones we think of. But the number one source of pollution into Puget Sound or the Salish Sea today is actually us. The Clean Water Act was really effective in dealing with industries and municipal treatment plants to the point where those pollution sources have decreased. Yeah. But there are more of us. That sounds like good and news. We are, it's good news. And yet we are, as people, we're a little harder to handle than, say, an <laughs> industry, you know. So there's a role for us as individuals, whether it's us, like, taking personal personal action in terms of how we choose to maintain our yards or how we maintain our vehicles. Um, but there's also this opportunity to volunteer. And I think that's where groups like the Beach Watcher program come in, because we provide support to agencies, for example, who might not have the resources to go out and educate community members. Uh, one of the projects that we do in spring, summer, and winter is, you know, when the tide goes out, beach watchers tend to follow. So we will go out to these exposed beaches during low tides We'll talk to people about the amazing creatures that are there, the fascinating ways that they adapt to a really dynamic environment. Because even with it's so cold, the, the tide still goes out. And so the animals are exposed to the cold. In the summer, they're exposed to the heat. So we're out there kind of, I think, spinning a tale of wonder and amazement and helping people to look at that area with new eyes. We also have folks that are going into libraries and doing preschool story time with kind of our youngest families. And talking about um, how to visit the beach gently and how water, having clean water is good for all of the fish that are in the sea. Um, We have done different types of lectures. um, And we also do, as you mentioned, quite a bit of research. And so there are some agencies, for example, um, Washington, Washington Department of Health and Ecology fund us so that we can go out and collect water quality samples on public beaches during the really busy summer season. Ah. And those samples are tested for bacterial contamination. And if for some reason there's a high recording, the state has a way to notify people that, okay, you should not be in the water. It's not safe um, because bacteria and humans don't necessarily get along well. Um, And so we do those types of research opportunities. We do a lot of things in the marine, the beach environment, but everything is interconnected. Boy, that's... So through the train... I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say how uh, interesting that is, that volunteer... I mean, you're right, when you think about it, when you read and hear about those warnings, you know, this is a little polluted, don't eat those shellfish, that there can't be that many... Uh, you know, state uh, scientists and and wildlife specialists out to all those places, and so there you go. It's people like the beach watchers, uh, volunteers that are are doing some of that as well. That's very interesting. Very, absolutely, it's something that I think um, when someone comes into the beach watcher program, like I said, they can choose how they want to volunteer. And what's great is people kind of get to wander through all these different volunteer opportunities, and they change over time because the needs change. So. Several years ago, we were involved in surveying for all of the creosote logs that were washing up on beaches, uh, little bits of piers. And from our efforts and many other groups throughout the region, 
um, Department of Natural Resources came into Jetty Island, which is in the Everett waterfront, and took 70 tons of um, washed-up creosote material off the beach. Wow. And we did that with the Navy personnel because they had more of the brawn than we did, and so it was a great partnership. So these projects change based on what the needs are. That's fantastic. That's incredible numbers of... <laughs> Wow, and, and you know, as you as you talked about uh, a bit ago, and and that just seemed like a large number. But when we think of how big of a footprint the Salish Sea is, and how many of us live near it, gosh, I was thinking about this week as all the snow melts, and you talked about the runoff that uh, mm-hmm. you said we're the biggest cause of it. Our cars and the things we put on our lawns, and we can kind of see it sitting on the slush as it melts this week, nice and slowly, instead of running off fast with the rain pretty visible to see what kind of stuff is running down our, you know, a lot of that storm drains, they just go right into the Puget Sound and the Salish Sea, doesn't it? It does. There are very few places where the the runoff from our properties is treated. Yeah. Only the only cities like Tacoma and Seattle have an integrated sewer and stormwater system. But even when you have large storms like this, if the sewage treatment plant where they have the combined system, if it's over capacity, they have to kind of have these overflow events happen to protect the facility. So there's always a chance for this pollution to get into the Salish Sea. Yeah. So, and there's some easy things we can do as individuals uh, in terms of I'm a dog owner. I go out and I pick up pet waste, even in my backyard, because, you know, in Snohomish County, there's something like 170,000 dogs <laughs> that are generating a lot of dog poop every day. It's, you know, it's a fascinating topic. And, we didn't have that many wolves and bears here naturally, so this is kind of an unnatural concentration yeah, of suppose. animals pooping out in nature. You're right. I never thought of it that way. Hey, we yes. are talking today with Chris Bertolato from the Beach Watchers. The Beach Watchers are dedicated to the protection of the Salish Sea waters, particularly Puget Sound, through volunteer activism. Uh, Chris, let's talk about that volunteer. So you talked about training, right? So what kind of training, if people are listening and they want to get in touch with you, they can go online and I I think Googling Beach Watchers Snohomish County or WSU is good, but you actually have your own website. It's extension.wsu.edu slash Snohomish slash natural resources. I know that's a big and wordy, but again, like I said, extension.wsu.edu or just Google Beach Watchers Snohomish County. Uh, let's talk about the volunteerism and what that training does. What kind of, you? I think you said up, up top maybe some 80 hours of training. That seems like we're really going to learn something. Yes, you really are going to learn something. Um, so the, the, the training is, I think of it as a full immersion into Puget Sound. We try oh, and I get what you did there. Immersion yes, into Puget you. Sound? Yeah. Yes. Do I need my dry suit or my wetsuit to be a volunteer? <laughs> For, to be a beach watcher, definitely the wetsuit. No. All you need, I think, are some rubber boots to okay, be a beach good. watcher. So the, the training, we, we try and give people information. So we bring in about 35 different uh, experts from the region. So it's not just me presenting. We have all these people that are bringing the latest and greatest information, breaking news about uh, coastal processes, water quality, climate change. We have sessions on intertidal creatures like, you know, barnacles and anemones. So learning about the life strategies of these areas. And because it's an interconnected system, we're also learning about upland resources, especially the wet ones. So we learn about rivers and lakes and and wetlands. There are also, about 75% of training is getting familiar with our, where we live. So really connecting to the place we are 
also a part of that is field-based. We're basing, basing our training out of Marysville, but we move around a lot. So we go to, we're going to Edmonds and we're going to go to, into Everett and we're going all the way up to Padilla Bay. So we have a chance to be in these natural areas that many, many people have not seen. Um, another portion of the training is skill building. So each of us comes with our own unique set of experiences and knowledge and this, these skill building sessions get everyone to the same place to be able to be comfortable, for example, talking to someone on the beach about, you know, when they're out visiting the beach about what they're, what they're actually seeing there. So how do you engage with a stranger and, you know, how do you be effective in communicating? Um, we have sessions on youth education approaches because so many of the people we, we talk to are younger. Um, and we, we talk about how to get people's attention in a really busy world. So how can we be relevant? I'm really passionate about this topic, but maybe other people have other issues on their minds. So how can I be relevant to them? How to do citizen science. Um, there's a chance for people to engage in their own research. There's a kind of culminating project, and then they work in teams to share that information with the rest of the group. So it's very uh, experiential. It's very much grounded in place. This is where we live. This is the place we love. Um, I've had many people come into the program who said they, they wanted to be marine biologists when they were you know, younger, but life got in the way or life <laughs> took them in a different direction. Right. So it's, it's a chance for people to really feed this curiosity they have about the natural world and have the passion to be able to share it with others. That's great. So if we go to like um, Lighthouse Park in Muckleteo, and we might see mm-hmm. a little tent display, a pop-up, you know, uh, shade there and a, and a table. That might be the beach watchers then, eh? We, we just drag out an A-frame sign that says, come visit us. So look for people wearing a brown vest uh-huh. and a red and white name tag. And, and they'll be the ones, you know, kind of with big smiles on their faces exploring what's on the beach. But yes, we're out there many times. We're also at Kayak Point in Stanwood and Edmonds. We're doing a lot of beach cleanup work right now at Haworth Park and are looking at expanding into Picnic Point. And there are other there are other really great programs. If people are not from Snohomish County, there are other great programs in local communities. Like the Seattle Aquarium has a great naturalist program in King County. And I would say, look, if you're from those communities, then look up those groups because they're going to be opening up a whole new world for you. And so what do you expect, uh, you know, as you, you mentioned this training, how to talk to people and, and engage, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, you're right, that's two different parts uh, of doing this. Yes, I'm interested in the environmental causes or I'm, I'm a great, I really love delving into research, but then you have to turn around and talk to people. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, what do you help the people then are able to ask, because none of us are that great at asking questions. What, what's the best icebreaker when we do see somebody in those brown vests, you know, that has a little patch that says beach watchers? What's the first couple of questions you like to get out of the, just the public? Oh, uh, the questions that we like to yeah. get. Uh, I think if someone makes eye contact with us, normally we'll come on over. You know, it's not very hard to get our attention uh, because we're very interested in sharing. For those for those that choose the education route, I will say that not everyone wants to talk to other people. So there are other roles that people can have, um, even helping to support the program, like putting together a newsletter or doing office work parties. Um, But for those that choose education, I think what is most fascinating for us is when people ask questions about, like, how does this survive? And, you know, where does it find its mates if we're talking about those things? And my favorite question is, what can I do? Uh Because that's, that's my favorite question, because it's really about what we do. Having Puget Sound be healthy, 
and you know having the waters and the wildlife and the landscape be and and the condition that you know future generations can use it that's my goal and i think most beach watchers share that goal hey what is uh is there a time coming up is there to enroll in this training how do people become yeah. a beach watcher give us the 411 on that so there is an application that's available online at the website you mentioned, extension.wsu.edu slash Snohomish, and it's due on March 8th. Our training begins, it's on Fridays, because it's 80 hours, uh, March 15th through May 31st from 9 to 4, so it is weekdays. And it's, uh, as I mentioned, based at, out of Marysville, although we travel around. And, you know, you don't, even though there's an application, you don't have to be an expert or someone who's even volunteered in environmental stuff before. The application helps us to get a better sense of what people want to get out of the program. Um, and send that in, and you'll hear from me. That's awesome. So um, March through May, uh, what would you say, on Fridays typically? March 15th through May 31st. It's 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on every Friday. Great. Uh, and, yeah, and it's... It is the most rigid part of the program because we bring in all these guest speakers. We have to provide the venue for them to engage with beach watchers. And we ask that people who become beach watchers attend the majority of it. And I understand that maybe someone can't make every single day. And so let's give that, I'll give that contact information the best I can again. Um, get your pencil, folks. Extension.wsu.edu. And then slash Snohomish and slash natural resources get you right to your program. But again, Googling Beach Watchers of Snohomish County or WSU and Beach Watchers gets you there pretty good. And let me just give out your email and phone number through the, the Beach Watchers, Chris, if I can. And so again, Chris is spelled C H R Y S at WSU.edu, correct? Correct. Okay, C-H-R-Y-S at W-S-U dot E-D-U, and the office phone number, 425-357-6020. Yeah, I got all that in. Uh, we're going to run out of time here, Chris. Uh, what do you think you, we want to say uh, if, that maybe we left out a big important part of either the health of Puget Sound and the Salish Seas or beach watchers or volunteerism or maybe something you want to say again to folks listening this morning? I think what I'd like to say is the most important thing is that um, we all do what we can to to bring the, the Puget Sound or Salish Sea region to a place that's really healthy. And whether that's what your own personal actions that you're doing at home or perhaps you're, you know, installing rain gardens or you're doing anything along this continuum, whether you choose to become a beach watcher or volunteer in some other capacity, anything that you do is going to help. There's four and a half million of us, which means that we can be, you know, agents of negative harm or we can actually be agents of positive contribution. And so if we all do a little bit, it accumulates quite a bit. So our efforts are not, um, are actually quite meaningful. Boy, that's well said. I, I love that. What can we each do? Look at yourself in the mirror. What can I do? And there are some mm -hmm. from simple steps to big steps to life changes. Gosh, thank you so much. We have been talking this morning with Chris Bertolato, the Natural Resource Programs Manager of the Washington State University Snohomish County Extension Beach Watchers Program. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your work and all the things that the beach watchers are doing 
uh, for the rest of us. Chris, thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you. We have enjoyed the time. Again, uh, look it up online, Beach Watchers, Snohomish uh, extension of the WSU. Gosh, thank you so much, Chris. I look forward to talking to you again about the improving health of Puget Sound and the Salish Sea. Sounds great. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.